Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you. Hey guys, so good to be with you again. It's been a couple weeks since I've been able to preach and I'm just excited to be able to unpack God's word today together. It is Palm Sunday, and so we are going to unpack the triumphal entry. I believe the Lord has a word for us. And so I just wanna begin by just uh, positioning ourselves to receive from the Lord. And so Lord, we just, uh, we take a breath. God, we love you. We invite you to speak to us. Lord, let it not be the words of man, but let it be your words speaking to our hearts. Transform us, Lord. We don't want just information. We want to be transformed by your word. We invite you, Jesus, to be with us and to form us into your likeness. Amen. Well, thanks so much for being here. Um, It's so great that we're able to be a church and be at different places and be able to just still come together and unpack God's word. And so if you have your Bible with me, let's go ahead and look at the triumphal entry. We're gonna take a look at John's uh, version in the Gospel of John chapter 12. And so go ahead and turn to chapter 12, verse 12, and then I will read it to you. The next day, The news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down to the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it fulfilling the prophecy that said, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. Colt, not colt, colt. Um, And so we just wanted to um, really look at this passage today and unpack the idea of what does it mean to truly worship Jesus? Palm Sunday is all about the triumphant king entering Jerusalem and then worship him as he is worthy of. But isn't it, isn't it interesting when we talk about worth? Worth is about what you place on something. Do you make it valuable? I remember being in college and I, I lived in a house of someone from the church. They, they, uh, I moved to Florida and to save us money, they actually let us just have a room for free, uh, room and board. And I needed a bed frame to sleep on. And so one of the pastors from the church, she gave one of her bed frames to us, to me, so that I could sleep on it. And I remember that I had it the whole year. Then I moved out into my own place. So excited to be finally um, a grown-up and living in my own place. And so I actually moved the bed frame uh, to the loading dock of the church and left it there in my excitement to move out on my own. And it had been three, four, maybe five months. The lady came to me and just said, hey, um, do you have the bed frame? I'm just wondering if you're still using it. If not, um, could I have it back? And in that moment, I kind of had this like, I hadn't thought about that at all for the last two minutes long. And so I was like, yep, yep, totally. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let you know. 
And then I, I literally ran to the loading dock to find out if it was still there. And to my sadness, it was not. Somebody, um, I'm pretty sure I know who it was. I won't use their name, but I'm pretty sure someone uh, took it and is using it still. So I had to sheepishly go to her and just sit in her office. I can still see it in my mind's eye. Uh, it, was, it was probably 13, 14 years ago. And I sat down, said, hey, um, you know, I, I moved it into the loading dock and I lost track of it and I've lost it. Super awkward. She was silent. There was nothing going on. And so I was, you know, one thing I do to bring a lightness to a heavy conversation is I like to make jokes. So I made a joke and I said, well, I mean, <laughs> at least it's not an heirloom. And she looked at me with a little bit of sternness, but also grace. And she looked at me and said, actually, it was my grandmother's. It's over a hundred years old. And I was like, and had nothing to say. See, because the truth was, for me, it was just a bed frame. It didn't have much value. You know, I was like, bed, bed on the floor, bed in the frame, not a big difference to me, whatever. Um, but for her, it was her, her grandmother's and had been in their family. She wanted to give it to her granddaughter. And this punk from Canada loses it and makes a joke about it because I didn't understand its value. But I think so often when it comes to Jesus, yes, 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 we're Christians. And so we, we say the value of Jesus is the highest and, and we, we say it and we somewhat believe it. But so often in our worship, we actually don't portray it, right? Like, like we, we so often will give the right words, but we won't give the heart, the depth of the worship owed to Jesus. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who died on the cross for our sins. He rose again and is seated in heaven with all authority on, in heaven and on earth. And sometimes, you know, our worship is average. You know, we, we are not engaged or maybe we don't like the song as much. And so it's not quite there. And so I actually want us to not just look at the triumphal entry. It's interesting. For a, for a different sermon, I was studying another story and I didn't realize until I read John's account that he puts them together. He puts the triumphal entry the next morning after Mary anoints Jesus's feet at the dinner. And so I want to read that with you. So let's go ahead and look at John 12, and then we're going to unpack the, the differences between the two people. Six days, this is verse 1, chapter 12. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man who had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared for Jesus' honor. Martha served and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Mary took 12 ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard 
and she anointed Jesus's feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him said, this perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor, not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief and since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. I wanna to talk today simply about this. What is true worship? You know, does it look a certain way? You know, is it more Pentecostal or, or more Baptist? Is, is hands raised really the sign of worship? Is it on your knees? Do you have to do a certain thing? Is it a certain style of music? And I wanna talk about really what is the heart of true worship? The outward expression is, is simply about the heart of what's going on. So what's the heart of true worship? And we actually see this in these two stories. We see two different responses to Jesus. So I want to look at the, there's three contrasts. First, this, costly versus convenience. Is it costly or is it convenient? Look at this woman, Mary. She goes and brings a costly gift. Um, I was reading some commentary about this gift that she brought, a year's wages, which seems like, you know, that's a lot, but back then it's not that. They said we couldn't really understand the worth and the value of having that amount of money just sitting around. That the day-to-day -day life of that first century um Jewish individual was so dependent on the day-to-day -day money that they were taking in. They didn't have money sitting around in a bank like we do. Um, it would almost be like having the amount to put a full down payment on your house. You know how crazy the housing market is now. Imagine you had 20% to put down. Instead of putting it down on the house, you brought it to Jesus and you broke the alabaster jar. That's kind of the idea that they're trying to explain. This worth of perfume that she brings, it's not just a nice gesture. It's actually an incredible amount of money that she was willing to bring. So she brings something that's very costly, the jar of perfume. But she also is willing to step outside of social norms. She puts her reputation on the side so that she's able to worship Jesus as he is worthy of. She cares more about honoring him than she does about herself. She humbles herself before him to give him the worship that he is worthy of. Contrastly, you see the triumphal entry. Now, don't get me wrong. They're doing what is instructed. They're, they're doing, they're fulfilling a prophecy of Jesus coming into Jerusalem as a triumphal king, but they're doing it with other motives. We see this later on and I'll get into that, but we, we see that actually they are already there. They're there for the Passover. They're not there for Jesus. Now they heard Jesus was there and yes, they came from all over Jerusalem to meet with him and to see him, but they weren't there for him. They were there for the Passover. And then not 
only did they just go there, they simply picked up palm branches. Now, palm branches are, you know, they represent the, what they would lay down before um, triumphal kings coming in from war, or they would be, they're important to lay down before someone of importance when they're coming into a city. But they're also everywhere in Jerusalem. So they weren't something of value that Mary brought. They were just something convenient that they laid down. And I wonder for us, for you and I, what's our worship worth? When we come to the King of Kings, when we realize who he is, what he has done, when we look at the cross, this um, Palm Sunday leads us to Easter, the cross, the price he paid. What worship do we bring? Do we do more of a convenient worship? Ah, this isn't really my song, so I, I'm not going to sing as much. Uh, it's not really my style. Or do we bring something of amazing worth to the King of Kings? Because it's not about us, but it's about him and his glory and his honor. I desperately want to be like this, this woman, Mary, who brought an extravagant gift to Jesus and just simply left it at his feet bowed at his feet, wiped her tears with her hair and brought glory and honor to Jesus. The second thing we see is this. Personal or political. See, our worship may not be political in the sense of, you know, the way we think of political, but for them it was very political. And really, maybe in, in brackets, if you're doing the second thing, the contrast is this, uh, personal or personal motives. Look, when my kids come to me as a dad and I know that they just want to be with me, it's so great just to hold them, snuggle them. It's so sweet. My, my little Rosie, she's two and a half. We're, we're training her to, um, not need diapers through the night anymore. And so I wake her up about 10 o'clock and I take her to the bathroom. Super annoying, um, but also super amazing because she's so snuggly. And she always says, Daddy Pillow, Daddy Pillow. And so that is just this authentic moment of me laying down with her and scratching her back for two or three minutes. And she just wants me to be near her. But also, there's personal motives sometimes. I got my little Adelaide. Um, she's just turned five and um, she was, she, it's March Madness and I love basketball. And she's like, dad, can we watch basketball? I'm like, okay, yeah. You want to spend time with your dad? Oh, this is amazing. We'll stay up a little late. You'll love it. And it's just about me and you watching basketball. And then we're literally laying down. I, mean, I haven't even set it up yet. And she's like, dad, we're going to have snacks. Ah, personal motive. So you want to hang out with me so you can have snacks which is honestly one of the best points of watching sports. But it is clearly that, you know, she wanted the snacks and loved play, spending time with me with the bonus of snacks. And so, so often we can do this with Jesus, right? Like we can have this, this personal motive where we come to him, we ask him for things, but really it's for our own benefit. This is what we see in these two stories. Look, she comes to him 
and knows his personal love and impact into her life. Some commentators called her a disciple, small d, not big D. Um, the 12, she was one of the many disciples that followed him. Interesting that um, Jesus actually welcomed women into um, the conversation of understanding scripture and the teaching of scripture, which many rabbis of the time didn't. Um, but she understood, uh, Luke 10 talks about when she sat at his feet and understood the value of just simply being near Jesus. Not even just that. She understood his grace and his touch of miracle. Not personally, but her brother died, was in the grave, and Lazarus rose because Jesus called him forth. She was mourning and yet he did the miracle and she got to see the miracle right in front. So to her, she knows who Jesus is and she is so personally involved with him in a, in a honorable way. Um, you know, sometimes people can make crazy allegations of how it was intimate love and maybe it was inappropriate. That's not even close. That's just, that's a, that's a wrong understanding. It was an intimate love of a savior. She, she saw him and worshiped him because he, she knew personally who he was and what he was able to do in her life because she had experienced it. She had experienced the life transformation of Jesus Christ. But see, we have the crowd. And the crowd says all the right things. Read it. Praise God. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Lord, hail to the king of Israel. Crazy. That's the, that is good. That's, that is a good, it's, it's, it's a Psalms. It's a proclamation of, of who he is. And yet they miss it. Less than a week later. The same crowd yells, crucify him. The crowd of people came to him to bring him in as their king. But see, here's the difference. Both individual or both groups, Mary, individual, the group that brings him in to the triumphal entry, they both worship him outwardly. But... The motives are different, personal, out of love, great affection because of the life change that has happened and personal political motives. This is our king, like David, who will overthrow these oppressors, the Romans that we, have, we are sick and tired of. They, this is our king who will bring military might and crush the Romans and give us back our land. Yeah, he's the king as long as he does what you want. How true is that in my life? You know, when I worship Jesus, I want to make sure I worship him because of what he has done for me on the cross, the transformation, the healing that he has done for me. But how easy it is to shift into the personal motives and make it about, I'm going to do this so that you honor me and give me what I want. This is what they do. They honor him as long as he is the king they want. 
That's scary. But it's in all of us, right? All of us can do that. Then simply, the third one is this. Open eyes or stiff necks. Oh, this, this story reminds me of the children of Israel. Plagues happen. They are slaves. They come out of Egypt as not just slaves, but really conquering people out, out of Egypt because of the plague. God shows his power against Egypt. Then the waters part, they walk on dry ground. They watch the waters that they were parted for them crush their enemy. Then they are provided manna from heaven. They see the cloud by day, the fire by night. And yet, when, when Moses is on the mountain, for too long, in their opinion, they forget. And what do they do? They carve a God in the form of a, of a cow, a calf. A golden calf is their God that they say brought them out of Egypt. They have forgotten what he has done for them. But this is what the crowd reminds me of. And in that story, God calls the Israelites, you stiff-necked people. Man, what a similarity to the people who come to the triumphal entry for days later, a handful of days later, not even a week. And they go from saying, hail the king of Israel to crucify him, crucify him, give us Barabbas. They turn on him for a stiff neck because he won't do or be the king they want. Man, our worship is not dependent on if Jesus is the king we want. We must be like Mary. And for somehow, Mary's eyes are open. No, I don't believe that she fully understood what she was doing, preparing him for burial. I, I don't think she was able to see that. Um, but I do think that she had a glimpse of his Messiahship, of he was Jesus Christ, that he was who he said he was. And I think that she saw him for who he was. And in that moment, she was willing to pour out extravagant worship, even at the cost of her reputation, even at the cost of her money. She was willing to say, you are worthy. You are so worthy. Why? Because I see you for who you are and the value of my reputation, the value of this thing, it doesn't even compare to you, Jesus. Is that our worship? Oh man, I hope that's my worship. As I've been reading this passage, I've, I've been asking, Jesus, help me. Help me to be more like this, this woman who, who doesn't worry about her reputation, of brings things of earthly value that others, even the religious, would say should be sold to the poor or given in a way that you know, they deem as 
as worthy. I bring it just to you, Jesus, because you are worthy. Wow. Jesus, help me have a heart of worship like Mary to just kneel at your feet, lavish you. But how do we do that? We need our eyes to be opened. We need God to reveal to us who Jesus really is. Not just the cross that we see on a wall or hear the story at Easter, but actually the revelation of God that opens our eyes to the fact that we have a Savior and a Lord in Jesus Christ. And we can know him personally and we can feel his touch of transformation in our lives and never be the same. So here's what I wanna do to invite you to respond to Jesus today. I want you to write down two passages of scripture. The first is Colossians 1, 13 through 22. So Colossians 1, 13 through 22. The second is Revelation 4, the whole thing. I wanna invite you as a family to read those two passages at the end. This is how we're gonna close. I'm not gonna read them. Um, I just want you guys to read them. So turn off the video and just sit around together and read those passages. And as you do, pray and ask God, God, open my eyes as you did to Mary to help me see Jesus for who he really is. Because I'm, I'm confident of this. If we see Jesus for who he truly is, the worship that comes out of that, it will be costly. We will be willing to lay down whatever we have in obedience to him because he's worthy of it. It will not be politically or personally motivated. It will simply be personal and intimate because he's worthy of that. And so I invite you to read those passages. And then I want you, after you read that, Go, I, I, if you're on YouTube, go ahead and just pull up a, a, a worship video. Right now, um, I, I listen to the Josh Baldwin song, um, My King Forever. I'm not getting any endorsements for that. I'm just saying that that's my go-to song when I want to honor Jesus for who he is. Um, I love the words of that song. And so I invite you, go ahead and pull that up um, over whatever whatever you do, YouTube or whatever else, um, just go ahead and pull up a song of worship, one that, that focuses on honoring Jesus for who he is. And after you read those two passages, turn that on and just in your living room, wherever you are, bring your offering to Jesus and honor him as he is worthy of. Jesus, we give you glory and honor today for you are worthy of our praise. Please, Jesus, mold our heart into extravagant worshipers. We wanna worship you as you are worthy of. We love you, Jesus. Amen. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. Just email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.